Welcome to Better Animal Handling, Chapter 11, Episode 88. From Center, Missouri, USA, I'm C.B. Chastain, your guide to better animal handling, and Abby, my cattle dog and indestructible co-host. Say hi, Abby. Our goals are to improve your knowledge of why domestic animals from chihuahuas to Clydesdales act as they do and how to better handle them safely and humanely. Today's episode is on special equipment, twitches, hobbles, and feed bags. Our topics for this week are twitches long-handled nose and other nose twitches, skin twitches, and ear twitches, hobbles, front leg, one leg, picket, side, breeding, and scotch hobbles. And we'll also talk about morals, feedbacks. Twitches are distraction techniques applied to the neck or nose of horses. Some of the procedures that twitches are used for include passing stomach tubes, standing castrations, treating wounds, and farrier work. Twitches should never be used on a foal. Twitches cause a temporary diversionary stimulus while other procedures are done on a horse that would otherwise not tolerate the procedure. Twitches can injure tissue if applied too long, that is for more than 10 to 15 minutes. They should be applied effectively on the first attempt. Gently rubbing the skin where the twitch was applied after removal will improve recirculation of blood in the area and provide a kind release for the horse to remember. Twitches should not be used to try to control a distressed horse that is thrashing when the area to be twitched has been previously injured or as a means of discipline or training horses. Based on one study, conventional opinion is that twitches work by the release of endorphins. Endorphins are internally produced morphine-like substances in the brain. Human long-distance runners' brains produce endorphins during running, and it causes a euphoric sensation and addictive behavior associated with running. Conversely, horses do not become addicted to having nose twitches applied. In fact, they usually become resentful and anxious about it being used repeatedly. Endorphins are released to modulate the discomfort and speed the recovery of having a twitch applied. They do not cause the horse to become tractable from an endorphin opiate high. Horses that have had nose twitches used, particularly if used aggressively or for too long, are likely to strike with a forefoot when a handler works near its head. When a nose twitch is used, the horse becomes motionless and submissive to protect its lip from being possibly torn, risking the horse's survival. 
The long-handled nose twitch, made from hickory wood, is the most commonly used to twitch the nose, the upper lip. But it should be used infrequently as possible and for the shortest possible time. Long-handed twitches are about 30 inches with a rope or cord, leather or chain loop. Rope or cord twitches are preferable. The loop applies a clamping effect on the upper lip. The horse should be in stocks or standing with its right side next to a solid wall or fence. The handler holds a stick and halter in the right hand about one foot from the twitch loop. Grasp the cheek piece of the halter and pulls the head to the left, while the handler stands close to the horse's left shoulder. There's a risk of a horse striking out with a front leg if the handler stands in front of the horse. The handler places the twitch loop over the left hand with a little finger outside to prevent the loop from sliding over the wrist. The horse's upper lip is grasped between the thumb and the three fingers of the left hand, and the loop is slid over the fingers onto the lip. While keeping fingers holding the lip out of the way, the handle is twisted clockwise with the right hand, which also continues to hold the lead rope. The left hand assists in keeping the rope from wrapping around the twitch handle. When the twitch is applied, an assistant must continue to hold it as well as the lead rope and should slowly rock or jiggle the twitch handle to continue the distraction. Within five minutes, the twitch should be removed by grasping the lip, untwisting the twitch, and removing it in a controlled manner, not pulled off while desensitizing the horse by rubbing its nose and petting its neck. Neither twisting the loop on nor off should be done rapidly. The nose twitch can be performed with a bare hand. The upper lip is squeezed between the thumb and the index finger and middle finger. This is effective for only a short period. A leverage twitch can be improvised with a small loop of rope and a stick. This can be maintained longer than just using a bare hand. Application is the same as with a long-handled twitch. A skin twitch, also called a gypsy hold, consists of grasping a fold of skin on the neck just in front of the shoulder that can distract a horse for a short period of time. The fold of the skin should be rolled over the fingers so it can be held in a tight fist and slowly rocked or jiggled. The humane or kindle twitch is a small hinge clamp that is curved to prevent excessive pinching effect that's placed on the horse's upper lip. This is no more or less humane than other twitches that are applied correctly. It's intended to be clipped to the halter to free the hands of the handler. However, the twitch can be knocked off by the horse, allowing the twitch to become a swinging menace to the horse and handlers. It's much safer if used by an assistant who continues to keep hold of the twitch as long as it's applied. But this may not be possible if the horse rears or is tall in stature and elevates its head. Like other twitches, a jiggling or rocking movement will prolong the distraction effect. However, the humane twitch is more likely to slip off the nose than a rope or cord long-handled twitch. The Wilford twitch is a metal square 
with a screw and a bar that acts as a vise. It has no bars sticking out to the side. Due to the leverage of the screw, it can be applied too tightly, and if not applied tightly enough, it can be slung off by the horse as a highly dangerous metal missile. An ear twitch is when an ear is roughly pulled on by a hand or a long-handled twitch or even bitten by a handler. Ear twitches should never be used. Good horsemen spend hundreds of hours desensitizing horses to having their ears handled. This can be ruined by one bad application of an ear twitch. Ear twitching can damage the horse's ear cartilage, blood supply, or nerves. The pain can make the horse head shy and a danger to anyone who tries to halter or bridle the horse in the future. If the horse becomes disfigured, useless, and unsafe, it may be put to death. In some states in the U.S., ear twitching is illegal. Abby says she's going to wear earmuffs all year long, whatever it takes to avoid being ear twitched. Hobbles can be useful in restricting a horse's movement. However, hobbles should not be used on horses with a history of neuromuscular problems, those that are sedated, or if a painful procedure may be required. A handler who puts any type of hobbles on a horse should remain near enough to immediately provide reassurance and aid, if needed, to a horse that struggles violently. Front leg hobbles are used to teach patience and discipline. They can teach a horse not to panic if the legs become entrapped in wire or with rope. However, some horses can learn to do a modified lope with hobbles on. Front leg hobbles are often calm a horse that is trained to accept them to many other stimuli that might otherwise bother them. But using front leg hobbles on a horse for the first time in an emergency can cause them to panic and lead to injury. Hobble training should be done gradually. Front leg hobbles are also used to prevent a horse from traveling far when turned loose. They may be used for short periods when a rider must be dismounted and cannot tie the horse to a suitable object or used for longer periods to allow grazing. Grazing hobbles should attach to the cannon bones rather than the pasterns to allow for better clearance of brush and for less rubbing of the legs. When multiple horses are hobbled overnight, one horse should be tied, saddled, and fed grain, for it will be used to retrieve escaped horses. The lead horse in the group should also wear a neck strap with a bell to locate the group if they escape. Horses should be allowed to drink water before being hobbled. Hobbled horses that try to drink from ponds, lakes, or streams could trip and drown. Some people suggest that a tomfool knot can be used as hobbles for horses. The tomfool knot is essentially two bites through a loop in a rope and is similar to the handcuff knot. However, the tomfool knot cannot be applied to horses' legs without picking each foot up. The knot jams the legs against each other, making it hard for the horse to maintain its balance 
if it attempts to move. It may have value in restraining the legs of an anesthetized horse. A one-leg hobble ties a front leg in flexion. It can be used to restrain difficult horses for procedures that they would otherwise not stand still for. The hobble should be applied on soft footing and the horse's movements controlled at a distance by a lead rope and a halter. Since struggling may result for a short period before acceptance to the restraint occurs. One-leg hobbles are sometimes used for brief five-minute periods to establish leadership over a dangerous horse. Horses with a one-leg hobble applied can still rear and pivot on its hindquarters and can be dangerous to handlers. The one-leg hobble was made popular by an American horseman named John Rary, who was called to England in the 1800s to assist training a horse for Queen Victoria. One-leg hobbles are also called the Rary Strap. A horse that has been trained for hobbles can be staked with a hobble on one leg. A single-leg leather hobble with an attached metal ring, stake lead rope, and swivel snaps on the stake permit safe grazing within the radius of the stake lead rope. Either a front leg or a hind leg can be hobbled but howling a hind leg is safer for the horse. If the horse should jump or spook and is staked with a hobble on a front leg, it could be tripped and fall. The stake should be well anchored in the ground, but visible above the ground without sharp points. Side hobbles are used to discourage kicking or as a transition training for front leg hobbles. Two straps connected by a line are placed around a front leg and a hind leg on the same side of the body. Side hobbles are tolerated better by most horses than one-leg hobbles. They permit more freedom while grazing, but do not allow a horse to lope. Australian hobbles are the use of two side hobbles attached diagonally from the front to hind legs, forming an X underneath the horse. Some breeders use hobbles on the hocks of mares when breeding. Breeding hobbles can be created by using a folded rope with a bullion on the bite knot to form a collar. The long lines are run between the front legs to the strap and ring hobbles over the hocks and back along the shoulders to the collar. The ends of the long lines are tied to the collar with quick-release hitches. Breeding hobbles can protect the stallion from being kicked, but the hobbles can also create a new danger to the stallion if he gets one of his forelegs caught in the hobble rope. Scotch hobbles are used to inhibit kicking. A scotch hobble is created with an 18-foot long soft rope. A non-sliding neck loop is made with a bowline knot. A working end of the rope is run from the neck loop to a hobble strap with metal rings on one of the hind leg pastern and then back through the neck loop. The movement of the pastern can then be restrained or the hind leg lifted slightly two inches toward the horse's belly to prevent kicking. The rope that goes to the pastern should not be run around the pastern because rope burns could result. <laughs> 
The end of the rope should be run through metal rings of a leather or nylon footstrap hobble from the inside aspect of the hind leg to the outside. A makeshift pastern hobble can be made with three to four feet of rope tied by the ends with a sheet bin knot to form a circular rope. The rope is folded and placed around the back of the pastern and each end is pulled forward. The bites on each side provide a channel for the long line from the neck to slide and not burn the back of the pastern. The handler restrains the horse by hand on the lead rope and the other hand on the rope to the pastern. Scotch hobbles can be used to supplement chemical restraint for veterinary procedures. It's used to pull a hind leg up slightly and restrain it from kicking while the horse is anesthetized. As the horse is anesthetized, the head is controlled with a halter and lead rope. The hobble rope is used to pull the hind leg up and lay the horse down in a more controlled manner. It's continued to be used for leg control while the horse is laying on its side for castration and for other veterinary procedures on the abdomen or groin. The scotch hobble should not be used to lay a horse down that has not been chemically restrained because struggling can cause the release of myoglobin from muscular injury and can damage the horse's kidneys. Abby says she thought scotch hobbles were used to stop your neighbor from practicing the bagpipes. Feed bag, also called a morale, is a canvas bag with grain in it that's strapped over the horse's muzzle. The morale eliminates wasting of grain and makes the horses easier to catch. A horse being fed with a morale should be supervised to reduce the risk of catching the morale on a fence or other structure and it should not have access to water until the morale is removed. If a horse attempts to drink with a morale on, the bag could fill with water and possibly cause drowning or aspiration pneumonia. Now, let's cap the key points to remember from today's episode. To remain effective, twitches must be moved rhythmically during use. Rope or cord should be used on long-handled nose twitches, not chains. So-called humane nose twitches are no more humane than others. Front leg hobbles slow walking inhibit trotting, but allow an athletic horse to still be able to lope. Tomfool knots should not be used to hobble unanesthetized horses. The purpose of scotch hobbles are to inhibit kicking. A horse with a morale on should not have access to water that it might try to drink. Abby says it's time to wrap up this episode. More information on animal handling is available in my book, Animal Handling and Physical Restraint, published by CRC Press. It's also available on Amazon and from many other fine book supply sources. Additional information is available at betteranimalhandling.com. Don't forget, serious injury or death can result from handling and restraining some animals. Safe and effective handling and restraint requires experience and continual practice. Acquisition of the needed skills should be under the supervision of an experienced animal handler. Thanks for listening. 
Abby and I hope you'll come back next week. We'll talk about transporting horses and trailers, the loading phase. Hey, Abby, did you know that the military now calls UFOs, Unidentified Flying Objects, UAPs, which stands for Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon? Abby said, what do they call little green men? Diminutive chartreuse gents? Probably, Abby. It's very important to stay trendy 